Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Ham and Spam Retro Review, a podcast where we like to review retro games, movies, TV shows, and everything in between. Check us out on all the social medias, including Twitter, where you can find us at Ham and Spam Games, Instagram, which is also at Ham and Spam Games, Facebook, at Ham and Spam, and even YouTube. Just search Ham and Spam Retro Review. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Hammond Spam Retro Review. We are joined today by special guest Jonathan Hamilton <laughs> making his triumphant return. Uh, excuse me. La- well, we have to get into the story real quick. Excuse me, let me start over. Welcome into the Hammond Spam Retro Review. Joined today by special guest Lord Jonathan Hamilton. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we are also joined by Treat, a.k.a. Caitlin. And one uh, movie buff, Nick Wilson. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, just make sure you write out the check to my agent, not to me. Am I your agent? No. Oh, okay. My <laughs> but you agent, do write the checks. My agent's name is Nick Wilson. Ah, so. well, there you go. Um, so, guys, thanks for joining us. Hammy, it's glad to uh, glad to have you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this lordship. Yes. Um, this past week was your birthday. It was. And we haven't seen you in almost near near on a fortnight now. Yeah, since I suffered that horrendous accident getting out of bed. <laughs> horrendous accident. I, I literally got out of bed, rolled my ankle. <laughs> Didn't walk for three weeks. Yeah. Went so. to the emergency room, got the x-ray. Not fractured. Not, not broken. It was just a so that's my spine. bad. I've said it was fractured, but we it, thought it was at one point. It was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was some of the most pain I've ever felt. So because of that, we had two weeks where we didn't record. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it sucks because this was October. This was right. This was supposed to be our time. How long have we been planning? We planned it all last October, and then yeah. COVID kind of was happening, and we couldn't get together and. And now and this. When we sat down we're just, to... We're just dumbstruck with bad luck. You know it. Oh, we are. If it wasn't for bad luck, we wouldn't have any luck. That's right. But we sat down and we planned out this season. That was the first thing we did was went well, to October. First thing we did was went to October. We said, hey, October's got five Sundays in it. We're going we're gonna to take advantage of all five Sundays. <laughs> uh, we're on we're on two. <laughs> Last week... No, we're on and, three. No, no, we're on two. No, this is two of recording. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, I got yeah, you. Because last week Nick and we, I did yeah. the um the the movie the Halloween movie review. Just movie, yeah, it was fantastic. How about I actually listen to that episode? <laughs> that's that's we funny. Appre- we appreciate the support, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Talker, go how home. about how about the? Uh, yeah, it was, I, I don't it's think you released in Talker Go Home too, isn't it? Uh, yes. When, Simulcast. When is that going to release? Two weeks. Halloween or? day. Oh, really? Okay. October thirty cool. first. Cool. So, so this will come out before that comes out. <laughs> Technically, yeah. Yeah, because this releases when? T- uh, tomorrow. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, that episode of Talker Go Home will release on Halloween Day at 6 a.m. Nice. 
instead of 6 p.m. Yeah, Usually, Halloween's on a Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird, yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine works for the or is on the town council for the for the town over the mountain. Yeah, and he said that people over there are getting upset because the the town changed the day of Halloween. <laughs> like they're getting mad about it. Observe Halloween on the thirtieth, because I got a I got a picture of it. And they're like, well, we will observe Halloween on the thirtieth. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, just people getting upset for the fact of getting upset. I mean. For years and years, if it's ever fallen in on a Sunday, it's always been Saturday because kids, you know, got to get up and go to school. By the way, Clint and Treat are sharing a mic. We are because we should probably invest in a fourth microphone. Well, I'm, I'm doing this. Well, I, I've got one at home. I just didn't know we needed needed I, it. I didn't either. Uh, we we knew Nick was going to be here. Just make sure to get close enough that she registers. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, um, Haney's birthday. Yeah. Uh, so I, I ran across a website that would sell little small plots of land. Uh, in particular, this one was in Scotland. and Scotland. I, my, I bought this for, uh, for Hammy for his birthday. Land of my ancestors. And uh, he, here's the thing. Like, he studied this certificate for near on an hour. Well, when you read an official document that tells you that you now own land in Scotland and you are officially a Lord. Yes. Officially. I it said I, I'm henceforth and forthwith known as henceforth and forthwith Lord. <laughs> and, and my progeny shall also inherit this title. <laughs> Should there be any, isn't there something in the constitution about if you're an American citizen, you can't hold a title of a foreign country. No. <laughs> All right. I was just making sure. He has an official document that says he has a lord in Scotland. Look, if anybody in the government's got a problem with it, just let it. Let me have this. <laughs> let me. I don't have let, much. Let me have this. <laughs> so, so there's there's Hammy's uh, Hammy's take on his birthday present. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, buddy. Um, and happy birthday officially on the on the podcast now. I'm I'm now nobility. <laughs> you are. So uh, one of the reasons we have four, count them four people on the podcast, is we are going to review Hammy's favorite Halloween movie. Yeah, a horror movie. Horror movie, not, well, is, is, is it a Halloween movie? It's well, not, it's well, not you Halloween say, set. When you say Halloween movie, I'm thinking... You know, da, 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 you know, yeah. Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Not, not, uh, yeah. Hey, and let's let's go ahead and, and talk about this real quick too. How how much were you screaming at your listening device? Whenever Nick and I couldn't remember the movie Psycho. Oh uh, well, I mean, I was just like Psycho, Psycho. Come on, Psycho. You I know this. We, we right eventually there. got it. Yeah, yeah you, did, you did. You did. I, I figured you would. Did you? Did, I I, did, I could describe the most minute detail of the film yeah everything you know, like, but like, the title like the fact that you know it was the first right. time a toilet was shown flushing on film in cinema history and that they used chocolate syrup as blood but i couldn't come up with the daggum name of the movie <laughs> you forgot alfred hitchcock for a little bit too yeah, yeah i forgot yeah. the name of one of the most famous directors of all time too yeah it's funny uh, who's a fan of Smokey and the Bandit? Twas yeah, big fan. Twas that happens to me all the time the You're birds right. was a great other great horror oh, it film was. from it hitchcock was. um Came out right after, well, pretty close after Psycho. The birds did. And a good friend of the show, Justin Williams, a huge fan of Psycho. Really? Mm-hmm. Justin Williams. It's like I, I remember that for some reason. I keep up with Justin Williams. He, he's very famous in his own circles. He is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is. He's not a lord, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's no he's not that good. He's no lord or anything. Yeah. Well, he's he's uh, but he's a Justin. 
But I, I was waiting for y'all to mention the thing, and you never did. But that's all right. Because, by gosh, we're going to talk about it now. Because we're going to dedicate an entire episode to <laughs> it. Uh, so, I, before we got into watching the actual movie, we had a very brief conversation about who had seen the movie and how much of it they had seen. Clint hadn't seen it before. Kind of, yeah, kind of. I had seen bits and pieces, but I'd never watched it all the way through. You've watched it several times all the way right. through. So tonight was really good for me, just to, I guess kick this conversation off, because I really got to watch it as a an entire experience, as a, as a complete story. And man, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, just just all of it together. You know? So I didn't know really what to expect. And I don't want to spoil anything before we kind of get into the movie review. Not a watch along, right. um, but a movie review. So uh, I didn't know what to expect, but at the same time, I was trying to keep up with it because I wasn't expecting to have company in our house. <laughs> and, and, and for those of you that don't don't know, we are not in the Lush Studios of the Hammond Spam Retro Review. Uh, the Lush Studios of the Hammond Spam Retro Review is being used as a storage room at the moment. While uh, our kitchen is renovated, so we are in Mace's bedroom, <laughs> on may, location. On location, we are in a teenage boy's bedroom, and I should probably use a black light before I touch. <laughs> no, anything. don't, don't. I, mean, I, probably <laughs> I see cash. Not. I see cash on the bed, and they're all one dollar bills. Oh, hey yes. now. That's from last night. He had all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he came and sat down at the football game. It was just a wad of one dollar bills going, trying to count it out. And I'm like, dude, put them together. Which, Please. by the way. Your awkward explanation <laughs> did nothing of what you and uh, Coach Murphy enjoy <laughs> cigars. <laughs> I I I, re- I had to pause. I was laughing. Were you really? Uh, that that owned me. That was great. Yeah, oh, he man. came up to me the day he came up to me as soon as he heard that heard it and said, "Uh, hey, hey, uh, uh, you have fun this weekend. What what what'd you do? What'd you do?" <laughs> What, do you have fun doing you you know relieving stress <laughs> <laughs> and i and i'm just like oh my gosh i knew i was gonna have to hear about it from clint and hammy but i didn't know you were gonna gosh, <laughs> he but, yeah. uh he piled it on huh yeah that was so it doesn't really come through on that on the on the episode but I died laughing, and so did Clint. We I, both. I did. Yeah, I we did. Both I looked died at. Laughing. I looked at Nick, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, it doesn't please, come through. Let's, let's just <laughs> let's just talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. Let's not let's not beat around the bush because uh, no pun beat, intended. Well, yeah, I, that <laughs> which that I was I'm not planned. <laughs> I'm a huge cigar fan too. So. Yeah, I love me a good cigar. Mm-hmm. Well, as we're recording, uh, Alabama and Tennessee are in the thralls of. Uh, a pretty heated rivalry game. Uh, Bama has gone up, so we we should be good. If you, I'm an Auburn fan, just for you know, for clear discussion. Well, well, like I said, we're, we're, we've got we've got three nice cigars, not for the game, but for my lordship <laughs> to celebrate you owning a foreign title and denouncing your U.S. citizenship. Right. Apparently, Bama just went up even more. Yeah. So, so um. <laughs> So let's uh, let's uh, well. Also, while we were watching, while y'all were watching the thing, I was trying to be a gracious host and I was cooking. So your most famous. He dish, felt he yes. felt bad about not having anything well, for us, so I we did, threw together. I, I, did. Some I did, I did, and throw together, I did. But it was good though. It was yeah. good spaghetti, mom spaghetti. I, well. <laughs> it's a restaurant. Oh, is it? We I thought you were. I thought we thought you were fucking Eminem. Yeah, no, Eminem owns a restaurant named Mom's Spaghetti. Oh, I did not know. I did not, that. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he did. Do you know? 
Speaking of which, that Scott Steiner owns a Shoney's. Yeah, as I say, yeah. Like, I saw that he had a restaurant, and I was like, oh, man. Scott, hold on, do you know who Scott Steiner is? No, but yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? No, but so, that's awesome. <laughs> but no, I, I saw that he was a restaurant owner because he was actually interviewed for seeing an oh attempted murder. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, and it just what? said Scott Steiner, restaurant owner. I was like, are you kidding me? That's all you're going to put under his name? It's Big Papa Pump, WCW <laughs> champion. But uh, Scott Steiner, better better known. By, no, sorry. Scott Rex Steiner, better known by the rename, ring name. Scott Steiner is an American professional wrestler currently signed to the National Wrestling Alliance. He's still wrestling. And he's got... Trying the, to wrestle. He's still got the best... He's got the best facial hair of any... Oh, man. Yeah, he did. He's like, check out that, test, uh, that uh, chest tattoo if you find a picture of that thing. But he... Uh, but yeah, I saw that it was a Shonies, and I was like, that that makes sense. Yeah, well... <laughs> so, the thing. <laughs> yeah, the thing. I wasn't able to watch a whole lot of it because I was trying to cook dinner. and, and But I did keep up with the, with the story and a lot of the things that was going on, and I really did enjoy it. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I enjoyed it, too. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I enjoyed it too. We're sharing a mic, so I think they're going to say that probably six more times. Every time I go to talk, yeah. Clint's got yeah. the mic, and then he's like, he looks at me like it's my fault for talking without the mic. Talking. Anyway. So yeah, the fact y'all hadn't really heard of the thing, it it wasn't a, I guess, well received movie when it first came out. It just didn't yeah. it didn't hit right. Yeah. And, and, but since then, it's kind of been cultish. What, nearly forty years? Yeah, it's yeah. eighty two. Yeah, you had developed a cult following, and you know, a new appreciation. You look at looking at the context of when the movie was released. You know, the United States in eighty two, we were we were in kind of a recession, mm-hmm. and you look at all of the other films that were being released, and a lot of film historians kind of cite the fact that we were in a recession in the movie had kind of a nihilistic, depressing uh, oh, yeah. story. And so Americans didn't want to see that. But you had another famous extraterrestrial movie at the time, E.T., e. that was much more positive. Right. And, and that's, the, that's what Americans were drawn to because, you know, in their daily lives, they were having to deal with a lot of, a, a lot of difficult things. That makes sense. But the thing was nonstop just pressure tension suspense and you know the main theme of the whole movie is just paranoia of the unknown right and that i mean you look at what was going on in the country at the time that's basically you know people don't want to be inundated with with something that that they're struggling to handle and to deal with well even i mean in in full circle here i mean look at what we're going through now with the covid pandemic I mean, it's yeah borderline in in its own sense anyway. Kind of the same thing in a way. Just people are just paranoid about: Do I have it? Does somebody I know have it? Does somebody I love have it? Can I go this place? Can I go that place? But unfortunately, we also have social media now, which yeah. is even more dark and depressing 100%. than the thing. Yeah, that said, Very go true. to the uh, Ham and Spam Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages <laughs> for more information on the Ham and Spam Retro Review. I love doing that. I don't know why. But yeah, you know, I think I think the movie it is a good movie. It's it's a lot of people consider it one of John Carpenter's better movies, uh if not his best movie. And I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, both of his music and of his films. So I think that 
having watched it all the way through and being able to sit here and kind of talk to y'all about it before we came on air and now still talking about it. It's cathartic for me because I don't, we mentioned it on our, on our podcast and you tell me if you agree, but I feel like there are a lot of horror films that put story on the back burner. Oh yeah. Yes. But this is, is story forward. A lo- like Halloween. I was gonna say the story was just great. How they did it. it was you amazing. got you got caught up in the experience in the oh, story. Oh yeah. And this is coming from somebody that doesn't do horror movies. I don't. Like we had to we had to tell her that it was a survival <laughs> movie because it kind of was. If you it, think yeah. about it, yeah, it kind of was. But, and that's the thing. Caitlin I don't do horror do... movie. I don't either. I, don't, I hate I hate horror movies. Yeah, I don't either. I'll play I play games with Hammy that are horror games. I go to haunted houses. I hate horror movies. I don't do any of those things. It's, I, it's the jump scare that gets you, isn't it? I just I don't like horror movies. And maybe it's the fact that the horror movies don't put story first is why so many people hate them. Yeah, cuz I mean, and, and we talked about this with um I think we talked about this with The Walking Dead. Yeah. How, you know, this is kind of shock factor at what good storytelling anymore and then that's kind of where everything went downhill, I felt like after mm-hmm. about season 5 or 6. It's it's pretty interesting to look at the movie and you know bill lancaster wrote the screenplay bill lancaster actually the son of burt lancaster um bill lancaster's was a very not well-known actor he was only in a couple of things and he only wrote a couple of screenplays he wrote the thing and then the screenplays for the um the bad news bears Goes so from one group of aliens to another. <laughs> so, uh, so you know that that's kind of intriguing to me that you know he, he kind of he's kind of a one hit wonder in the in the screenwriter world. But based on the book, who goes there by John Campbell Jr. But a lot of the and you mentioned this actually before the movie began. A lot of the inspiration for the film and John Carpenter's take on the film came from H.P. Lovecraft, right? Which I thought was pretty interesting. You know, yeah. looking at the research, doing research on the movie. Oh, and the Lovecraft stuff is just—he was the father of horror. Yeah. So I, I, I would like to see more stuff from him. You don't see a lot of Lovecraft movies. I don't know of any, to be honest. There, well, he, he wasn't, he wasn't very. Again, it's he wasn't very positive. No, he wasn't very. Uh, Hey, I'm gonna give. We're gonna tie this up in a bow, which a lot of your horror movies don't really do that. But his protagonists were hard. I guess his protagonist, because a lot of H.P. Lovecraft protagonists, they kind of like succumb. They're they're the Wilford Brimleys of yeah. the thing. They're the Blair. Yeah. yeah, they turn into the thing that they fear, and they and they crumble and they kind of fall apart. So it's a story of the protagonist slowly falling apart and i guess it's hard to make a enjoyable movie about something it, like yeah, that you know right. whereas yeah. in the thing you've got mcready to kind of balance out blair yeah it's you know? almost like a tragedy in a, in, a, in a certain scene well a lot oh, of yeah. lovecraft stuff there's no like actual good and evil it's yes. just it's just the the, wow, the monster's sucks. not malevolent right it's just you know like we walk down the sidewalk we might step on a thousand ants right that's what the monsters are. They're just going through the universe. We just happen to be in their way. Right. And we see it from our perspective. But, yeah, there's no, like, hope in a lot of Lovecraft stuff. It's very – I remember reading through Mountains of Madness. It made me feel weird at the end. Yeah. Because that's the first time I encountered a story that didn't have that 
that closure at the end didn't resolve itself. And, and, it's and the film strange. doesn't. Yeah. The film, the film doesn't really provide you with closure. And that I think it it adds to it. I feel like if a movie can can do it, if you can do it right, if you can sit here and have a conversation about how the movie ends and how the how you think the story would continue after right. those credits roll. I think the movie's doing its job really well. Uh, it's almost like there is no closure, but but you're still satisfied. Yeah. yeah, that's that was this movie. That was this story. Well, getting into the movie, and and it, we don't have to go super super detail. I mean, but just for those who haven't seen the movie, obviously go see it. Uh, we saw it's just available for rent, so it's mm-hmm. not available on any kind of streaming platform. There is a new remake that is that's not. Yeah, not it's as actually great. a prequel. Oh, okay. Same title, but a prequel yeah. story. And okay, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, kind of like Caddyshack too. Just stick with the original. Don't watch the second. If one. you're very curious, I would watch this one first. Right. The 1982 version. Okay. So. We, we've kind of set it up. It's 1982. We're in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a research station. Does it really ever say what they're researching, or are they just just general stuff? I don't know. I, I meant to ask. Was it not? That. Was it not life? Because I heard that kind of story being kind of put out there. They were looking for some kind of uh, organism life. I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. But that that setting of Antarctica is perfect for it because it's already very isolated. Right. Because, I mean, you're stuck there for months. Like they said, you know, that no one was coming for them until spring. And it was winter. So, too, in Antarctica. O- over the horizon, you, you see this helicopter come out. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 chasing a, a husky or a wolf, whichever one they're trying to portray here. I think it's a husky. Yeah, it's a yeah. husky. Um, and they're shooting at it. So, you're like, okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of kind of odd for them to be chasing after a husky trying Stream to shoot Stream animal it. control. Right, exactly. <laughs> So uh, Husky gets onto this base. The guy gets out of his chopper. He's trying to kill this dog. He's trying to throw a grenade at it. Trying to throw a grenade. The grenade falls. It falls in the snow. He falls. uh, Some guy falls on top of it. It blows up the chopper. Blows him up. So I mean, like, when the first ten minutes of the movie, you've got like an awesome, you know, killing scene. Yeah, and he and he's speaking Norwegian. They don't have a clue. Yeah, the, all they know is this guy's just landing in a helicopter. He's shooting at him. Right. So and he and he shoots one of the one of the uh, yeah. He gets he grazes the dude's leg, and then the 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 leader uh, shoots him and kills him. Right. Just out of self self defense at this point. And so all they know is this: they were chasing this husky into camp. Come in, guns blazing. Can't figure out why. Yeah. So now they're like, well, we need to figure out what's going on. Right. They hop in the chopper mm-hmm. and get through the chopper. <laughs> Here's one crop uh, that I think we all had. You just is uh, McCready. He wears that weird hat. God, that hat is <laughs> awful, dude. That hat was terrible. That Man, was, that was horrible. It was very distracting. But anyway, they they go to the other base and find it just in ruins. And I think you missed a lot of this. Yeah, I missed a lot of the front part. So of they it. they get there and it's just all burnt up, mm-hmm. and they find bodies. One of the more memorable scenes they find a dude sitting in a chair and he's dead and his throat and his wrist have been slashed and he's holding the razor and like the blood's like frozen as it was dripping wow so they're like what has gone on here right because he's off himself obviously they find uh some paperwork they find what they call it remote video device <laughs> aka a camera <laughs> Okay, a camera. And then they find a corpse. <laughs> Nick. 
and the people there is McCready and uh, Copper, which is the doctor. Yeah. And the doctor even makes a comment, is that a man? Because they can't tell what this corpse is. It's like it's like a bunch so of... So mangled and mutilated. It's like you took a bunch of like little army men and melted them together. And they bring it back to their base because, you know... Hey, people, let's research it. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but in the meantime, they've taken this dog and they put it in the kennel with the other dogs. Right. And... No, they the dog walked around the base a good bit. Yeah, so yeah, that's staring at things. That's a big plot point because they yep. it, it took them a whole day to put it in the kennel with the other dogs, and it was yeah. walking around just staring hard at everything. It was yeah. just like staring. taking it all in and taking it all in. You know when you when you talk about opening scenes to movies, the the thing does a really good job because. Think about how long it took for dialogue to come into play. Yeah. And then you've got tension of, okay, at least in Western society, killing dogs isn't isn't something that a lot of us would cheer on yeah. or, or or want to see in a movie. It's usually seen a negative lot. Yeah, so to to see somebody trying to shoot what we perceive as a perfectly healthy dog. Mm-hmm. In a situation like that, you're kind of like, okay, it, it immediately, your mind immediately is like, okay, something's going on here. Something's wrong, said, something's off. I even said, I'm pretty sure the dog is the thing. And Amy's like, no, it's just a normal dog. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's immediately your mind is in that mode of, okay, there's tension, there's suspension. And when when they land at the American research camp, and the Norwegian guy, he says Koenig at one point, which means king. So he said something about a king. Shoots the doctor, that really guy that everybody hates, that really bad guy. Yeah. The redheaded dude. We're like, okay, this guy's willing to shoot. That was my thought watching that scene. This guy's willing to shoot humans and kill a human to kill this dog. So what it is, is it about this dog that this guy wants him to kill? It's not, this dog didn't just eat his lunch. Or yeah, his yeah. homework. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever the saying goes. Um, This dog did something bad. So immediately your mind's rolling. And we talked about it as we were watching the movie. The whole movie, the story does a really good job of keeping you as out of the loop as the characters are. Right. Yeah. You know, you would know as much as the characters, and that's I think one of the keys for a, a good, a good horror movie is you don't need to know a lot beforehand, right? Excuse me, beforehand, you need to be kept in the dark. You don't need to know who the murderer is. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and you learn and, it, and, and yeah, you learn it as they do exactly, and that's what's good that's story. the fun that's in good it. Storytelling, exactly, that's the fun, and in I it. think that creates a connection with the characters too. No doubt, no doubt, because you can emotionally relate to what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. to what they're having to go through and i think that's you know a lot of people think or are are gonna get only gonna give credit to bill lancaster here but you got to give credit to john carpenter because john carpenter and kurt russell kurt russell was actually working on this movie way before he was ever cast he worked with john carpenter on the concept and the outline of the movie way before he was even cast. He was the last actor cast. Wow. They were looking at like Nick Nolte and Sam Shepard and all these other actors. Wow. And can you imagine Nick Nolte's crazy tale <laughs> exactly. playing that? But they ended up casting Kurt Russell. 
but Kurt had already been working kind of in a in a not really in an official capacity with John Carpenter on the story. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that, that shows you he had a passion for it already. There's an article that I, that I read and that makes a big difference because when an actor is really invested, because we've we've I think you and I've talked about this on Talk or Go Home. When an actor's really invested in a project, the project is just superb. But when you an can actor's tell. there to kind of make a name for himself or herself and collect a paycheck, the movie's kind of subpar. They uh, There was an article, and I can't remember exactly which article I read, but apparently Kurt Russell and John Carpenter talked and discussed for hours on end about the ending. Really? And how, wow. what, how to approach it, what to show, what how to how to not put a bow tie on the story but how to approach the conclusion of the film in a way that like we were talking about that is satisfactory but still leaves it open ended right and I, so uh, some people say that there was an alter, alternate ending that was filmed but was not shown or has not been shown publicly mm-hmm. that definitively shows wow mcready getting rescued, getting a blood test and is and it proving that he wasn't infected. Wow. So, okay. but obviously if that is true, that's that's right. They well, chose not to show that for a reason. Yeah. Well, let, let's get back into the story a little bit. I know I've kind of jumped around a little bit and we've gotten a little off kilter to, from from this part of it, but put the dog in the kennel, all the dogs start going crazy. This thing comes out of this this husky that's being chased. Right. Very graphic by the way. Yeah, and and you discover the thing is in the context of the story is, uh, is well, it's, a, it's an alien, right? Because you see which, that from the opening scene, you see a UFO. Yeah, which I'd said I wish spaceship. it wasn't. I wish it just been something they found, right? Make it more just mysterious. a parasite or something within the earth, or just. But it it mimics life forms, right? Like if it assimilated you, it would it would take over your body mm-hmm. pretty much, and, and you never know that you were the thing. Well, now. I don't know if you would know or not. They didn't know if you would know, like. They were wondering, am, am I the thing? Right. But we don't know if if they were. I'm sure that they were probably conscious of it. Well, they they were. Ju- they just wanted to. Yeah. They didn't want the other people to know that they were it. But right. at the same time, it's like they they <clears throat> said later in the movie about it feels pain the same way that you do, but just on a little bit of a different level. Where you know the testing that they ended up doing came into play at so. Because um, I could see some of that. Yeah, Kurt Russell had a great line where they're all outside, and I think they just burned uh, the first guy that they found out was the thing, uh, or one of the things. And he said, I know I'm human, and you're not all killing me, so that tells me at least some of you are still human too. Right. Yeah. And so it's just it, it, it creates this atmosphere, this tension, this paranoia, where you don't know who, who it is. And the viewer doesn't know either. They, they've just they've seen this thing, you know, inside yeah. this dog, and they've come out and they've tried to kill it, and they 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 burn it for what? Point five seconds. The thing was on fire. Yeah, and then they immediately not long put it enough. Out. Yeah, <laughs> but and to like the way everybody started acting shifty, you couldn't even pick out like who would be the thing. That was like even great how they did that. Like, yeah. Cause everyone acted very paranoid, very right. Because suspicious. It, it's, it's, it's a, I'm, I'm suspicious of you, but I'm also, but B I'm also suspicious of you being suspicious of me. Right. So it's like, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Glad well, there is, and, and I'm going to tell you this. I didn't tell y'all while I was, while we were watching it. 
as I didn't want to uh, skew the opinion or have you looking for something. But the but they've they edited the film in a way that you can tell who who's the thing and who's not by the way their eyes look. Like the color. Yeah. The the lighting of their yeah, eyes. It it doesn't like reflect light. Yeah. Their light their eyes. So if you go back and rewatch it and you know what you know who the the characters who are the thing now, if you look at their eyes, once they've been assimilated, they're different. Which was very clever. Well, yeah. Well, that just puts a lot of rewatchability into it, especially oh, yeah. you take something like this with a story like this. Like, like movies like this is are, are ones that I've got to watch two, maybe even three times. Yeah. Um, you know, I watch it every October. Really? Yeah. Like Inception's kind of like that for me. Yeah. And uh, Interstellar is a lot like that. Like um, I had Interstellar. To watch you've seen it? I'm sure. I lo- I've I've seen Interstellar like. Six times. I, I love, love that movie. It's great. It's a great movie. I never watched it. And why? I don't. I just. You haven't seen it. Interstellar. And we own it. It's we a. Re- it's a really, really, really it. good. I. I really, honestly, could not get into it. It was just. There are a lot of sci-fi distractions in it, but it's ultimately a beautiful story about time and family and love. But here's the thing. This is also coming from the first, from the same person that absolutely would not watch any Star Wars movies just out of spite more than anything else. But it was like, I just can't get into the space travel and the, and the, I never said I couldn't get into the space travel. I love watching them grab the mic from each other. It's like yeah. stone cold in the rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, stop it. Say, yeah, literally. It's I exactly what it's like. Uh, the opinion call. Uh, what was the, yeah. Mar- Margaritaville. Uh, opinion call. If you like, yeah, no, not that one. Margarita. I'm not going to sing it because, you know, we might get flagged. Anyway. Yeah. Right. But no, I never said I couldn't get into Star Wars. It was more just out of spot. I, it wasn't a growing... I never watched it growing up because, I mean, mom wasn't into that. So why would I watch it? Um, and then it was just a spot thing. So don't come at me like that. Oh, one more thing about this movie <laughs> that we noticed when it first came on. Ennio... How do you say his Ennio Morricone? Yeah, he did the music. Holy cow. He did the uh, the good, the bad, the ugly thing. He he's a ridiculously yeah. famous, impressive, historic. I mean, the guy's a legend when it comes to scoring movies. The you know, and that sound that now is a is a almost stereotypical when you think you know when somebody says cowboy western movie almost everybody's gonna think of either that sound or a sound that's similar that's Ennio Morricone yeah. and he scored this movie and what's funny is dun, dun. John yeah. Carpenter was so embarrassed of the movie that he basically handed the movie off to Ennio Morricone and said here and gave no notes on it to try, Ennio Morricone try and to so, save it and so Ennio Morricone just scored it basically with no notes from John Carpenter. And then after he scored it, John Carpenter went back and created some of his own tracks for the movie. Wow. Dang. So it's actually got music from both John Carpenter and Ennio Morricone. It's crazy. It just goes to show how interesting like, the whole filmmaking process is. There's so much behind it. That goes into it. That makes yeah. it what you see, but you would never know it otherwise. Right. So can we get back to the story? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so the, so some of the some of the researchers or things they realize this, right? 
they slowly over the course of the movie they find them usually because it kills someone in a very graphic way like the doctor the way he went out was pretty rough losing his arms that was (laughs) but see they they end up finding they end up finding (laughs) yeah we were watching we were eating spaghetti um, but they end up finding the spaceship along the way as, as, as well. Well, yeah, that's after they've, they've come up with a test to determine who's human and who's not, which is taking that copper wire, heating it up, and applying it to the blood because more than anything, heat and fire hurts the thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they're able to tell. And, and in a very weird way, like the blood. So, so if I prick my finger and I put some blood in a dish, a Petri dish of some sort, and they put this copper, heat up this copper wire and put it to it. Some way or another, that blood, even though it's not in my system anymore, is still connected to the thing. Yeah. Because it, it gets all of your cells. And right. one cell from the thing can assimilate an entire person. Right. And in, all in no time. Because at one point, they had said that uh, yeah. as many as 75% of the base could be, you know, assimilated by this point. And then it ran a calculation and said if this got out to the public in 27 hours it would it would have taken over the earth yeah so i mean thankfully it's in a remote location so now it kind of gets it it kind of gives you that that factor of hey we've got to do something to either stop it or contain it because if it gets out it could be really bad news and you know uh i just i just thought of this uh getting back to the, the lovecraft thing this thing wasn't necessarily evil it was just trying to survive that's exactly. what they said they said it's not fighting it, yeah it'll fight if it has to yeah, it'll fight but if it, it has it to, to, but it's not doing anything. Yeah. Think about if there was, you know, this is the, obviously this would completely negate the entire existence of the movie. But if it could have communicated, yeah, what would it have communicated? Would it have, like you said, was it? I mean, we really don't know if it was malevolent. We just know from what we saw that it was trying to survive. We can't. We can't uh, assume that it was or it wasn't, you know, um, we just know that it was trying to survive. Well, we Mm -hmm. say that, too, and and it kind of jogged my memory a bit of Independence Day, another pretty good, you know, alien movie. Well, the aliens in Independence Day, they couldn't communicate. They had no vocal cords. It was through the tentacles or whatever things they said. So it's kind of, I don't know if that's maybe a flashback or or a throwback to to the thing. I I just, just realized that. I thought that was a pretty cool a pretty cool thing if it is now it may yeah. may not have been on purpose but um so b- basically kurt russell's character gets shunned uh and he's out in the cold yeah well they find uh because he talks about how it sheds it, it rips through the clothes so it has mm. to get rid of the clothes and they find a bunch of shredded uh outfits with his name on it right and so that that kind of casted it out whether he's the thing or not because i i nick and i said that during the movie what if you had this horror movie where the main character you you change main characters midway through the movie oh wow bold decision yeah to tell a story that way kind of like uh when they killed ned stark in season one mm-hmm. game of thrones yeah a lot of people were like whoa this was the main character i don't have anything else. i mean <laughs> well you inhaled like you had something to say <laughs> yeah but <laughs> It's called sinus drainage. <laughs> but they put that to rest with the uh, the test. Right. Proved McCready was on the up and up. And they, they ended up finding out that one of the guys... So, Kurt Russell's character ties everybody up, takes a sample of their blood, and one by one goes through 
and test them all. And they did find out that um, Windows. No, not Windows. Palmer. 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 Yeah. I liked Windows. Windows looked like your typical, like, disc jockey from that era. <laughs> with the sunglasses and the curly hair yeah. and everything. Windows Windows was cool. I could vibe with Windows. Yeah. yeah. He's probably a pretty Windows slick guy. Nobody's answering. I've called everybody. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. keep trying. He was like, what are you doing? Oh, Wilford. So... You, you go on, yeah. and then it's down to you, you've got Wilford's character, who's out in the tool shed because he went crazy. Because he went crazy and well, was trying to. He was yeah. He destroyed the helicopter. He destroyed the radio equipment. He killed all the other dogs, which are probably sled dogs, right? And he's just trying to keep anybody from getting out because mm-hmm. he's already accepted at this point. Everyone needs to die, right? And so they lock him in the tool shed. And I want to come back to that uh, when we when we kind of wrap. They this took up. him to the tool shed. So here's my question for you: Do you think he was the thing then at that point? Yeah. See, there, there. It's very really vague. Know. Yeah, yeah. It's vague on his on where like his... you can see both. You can see both. Like he's he's so mad, and he's like, okay, I'm just I'm ready to end all this. That way, this thing doesn't get out. Mm-hmm. And very you know staunch about. I'm not this guy, but y'all are driving me crazy talking about all this. Yeah. But then again, you could say, well, maybe he was, because if he was, he would be acting like this as well. So it's like, it, yeah. it's kind it, of a, it leaves it open right. to interpretation. Uh, but you've got you've got him, you've got Kurt Russell's character, and three other three other researchers. Right. One, uh, Charles, which is played by Keith David, the voice mm-hmm. of the Ar- arbiter. Right. Gary, who is the leader, and then uh, Knowles, who is the cook. <laughs> So, they they end up getting separated. They're going to go try to find um, Blair. Blair. I keep forgetting his his stage name. They're going to go che- test him. They were going to go test his blood. Yeah, they've tested all of their own, and they're clean. They're going to go test his blood, and make sure he's not the thing. And they go to the tool shed and can't find him. And they actually they actually cast Wilford Brimley in that. What well. That wasn't the main reason, but one of the reasons that they cast Wilford Brimley in that role as Blair was because they needed somebody who could play a main character, but who the audience wouldn't necessarily go, hold on, wait a minute, where is this guy as he disappeared halfway through the story? Right. And so they kind of were like, okay, this guy would be perfect for this role because it's not that he's forgettable, but it's that he would be able to play that character, but also the audience wouldn't be like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. Where's Tom Cruise? Where's Tom Cruise's character? You know, right, is, yeah. is, is, right. is he just famous enough to be a, a great actor for the role, but exactly just not famous enough to not be forgotten exactly. or to be forgotten. So, so they go to the shed, they leave Charles, Charles yeah. in the building. They're they like, keep splitting up. Yeah. First off, why are you going to split up? You know, you, you know, you're for, you for good. Why are you splitting up? <laughs> now Nick's sharing with me. No, go ahead. So, you know, and that's one of the things that frustrates me. I think I said towards the end of the film, I want to see a horror movie where the protagonists make all the right decisions exactly. and they still die. You know, like, I, if you make a poor decision, and and by the way, what about um, not Childs, but the other the other minority? Nulls? Um, no, yeah, him. <laughs> Nulls. I didn't want to say black guy. Oh, we're gonna get flagged. We're good. Oh, we're, gonna, we're good. Okay. We're good. Well, I mean, you know, you got to watch what you can say these days. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let's go, Brandon. So, <laughs> Clint's about to speak. Are you? 
Are you going to edit that out? <laughs> no, nah, we're good. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> Clint's dead. You have officially killed him. But it's like... I forgot my point. But, but, you said, you but said, we what never about? really saw what happened to Nalls. So they, they kind of walks away. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they filmed it or if they just storyboarded it, but there is a scene that they did, they cut where he does get assimilated. Which is he just, does it's yeah. left it up. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you assume, yeah. That he but did. it's also kind of cool that it was just kind of left up to interpretation. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, you, you need to leave some stuff to the unknown. But, I, and, and again, it's the unknown that makes this so that's that's the that's this movie the unknown the mm-hmm. paranoia of the unknown and so any way that i think the writers and the director and the producers could reinforce that at every little nook and cranny but do it not really forcefully but in a subtle way i think i think that's that's great storytelling yeah you know because you're telling the story overtly but you're telling the story at other sub you know subtle layers or channels that mm-hmm. I think makes it work overall. Right. But yeah, I mean, they split up. Okay. Don't do that. No, don't do yeah. that. You know you so, four are clear. So why yeah. are we going to split up? Because... Yeah, that, well, they find that Blair's gone. They find the makeshift spaceship he's Three of them are in the tool shed. Yeah. One is not. They they come back up. They see, you know, Nall sees Charles run out. Of of the base, and then power, and then yeah, power cuts. goes. He's got the generator. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, see, this, well, we this need is to save story. I need you guys to explain that part to me. So, okay. Giles, not Giles. Charles. Charles takes you, off running. Did you say Giles? I did. Child. Like, voodoo child. Yeah. So he takes off running out of the base. What is he going after? Because, I mean, that kind of makes him look suspicious. Very in, suspicious. In, in a way. I think it's made. I think it was meant to. So, so okay. later on, he says that when he's at the right at the end in the last scene with Kurt Russell, right. with McCready, he says, I thought I saw Blair and I went after him and I got lost in the storm. Okay. How questionable is that? Very. Well, in my mind, that's very questionable. Well, because you see him take off across, and all of a sudden the, the power goes out, and you can't see anything. And then he's missing until the very end of the movie. So I was just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he 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 passed the blood test. Yeah. That doesn't mean that something could have happened to it. He wasn't taken at that moment anyway. Right. But, you know, something could have happened between that, that time when he was by himself. And then, anything could have yeah. happened. So I was just curious. But they uh, they decide to blow up the entire base, just blowing it to, up with... to keep the creature. They they discovered the creature is going to hide and just freeze again, and wait for somebody to find it. Again. Right, right. Wait he's for just, spring. Yeah, he's just going to go dormant. And so they decide, no, we're, we're we need to finish this. They said whether Light we it up up up. <laughs> yeah. Whether we live or not. Well, they lit it up up up. They they did. They uh, did. Kurt Russell, the only one that survives of those three, fights the creature, throws dynamite at it. Seemingly destroyed, but now, you know, there's nowhere to go. Celebratory drink. It's it's about to be a hundred below. He he knows he's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. He's just gonna go thin the blood and see how long he can survive it. (laughs) And then, and then here comes Charles out of nowhere and sits down. Then they even discuss. It's like one of us, you know, could be the thing. Charles says, "You the only one left." He said, "No, apparently not." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of tension there in that conversation. And and I again, I think that scene may be my favorite scene in the whole movie because it's it's, too, yeah. it's it's anticlimactic, but it's not. It's it's 
the t- you can literally feel and see the tension in that scene between those two guys because the paranoia is still there. Oh yeah, paranoia hasn't gone, but it's almost like they're both so tired and they're both they've been through so much. They're so defeated. They're just kind of like in a standoff of sorts and you can tell that neither one of them wants to alert the other that they're still paranoid about the situation, but they are. Yeah. Because either one of them could, could be infected. Right. But basically they're just sitting there waiting to freeze to death. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or one of them will go dormant, go to dormant. Right. They've accepted their fate. So yeah. And they're just, and that's how the movie ends. It's just, it it fades to black and that's the movie. And I love it because it's, it's almost like it gets that whole cliche ending. He blows up the monster with the dynamite. Right. And I'm sure it's like, oh, okay, it's done. It's over. Monster's defeated. Or is it? You know? but, but at the same time, that's kind of what makes a good horror movie. I mean, you think Jason's gone, and then the very last scene of the movie, he's kind of there, or you at least hear the... Hear but the, it needs to be satisfying. Right. Yeah. And, right. I, and this I, and, is. And this, and this, to me, not everybody's going to be satisfied by it, because it's subjective, but... To me, I feel like most people that watch this movie are going to be satisfied by how that conversation takes place, by yeah. what happens at the end. But it, but there's still enough wiggle room for those producers, writers, and that director to come back and say, actually, the yeah. story continues. Right. So, because if I'm not mistaken, like I said, uh, John Carpenter has confirmed one of them was the thing. There you but go. he didn't say which one. And there's been so much discourse, so many theories about it, talking about uh, trying to prove one or the other is the thing. Of course, the leading theory, if you had to pick, who, who do you think is the thing between the two? The most obvious is Childs. Okay. Who do you think? I agree. Who do you think? Can I tell you, I think Childs is because we don't see his breath and we don't see his eyes. That's right. That and uh, we see McCready's breath and we see his eyes. But. The the shot where they're walking out, where they're leaving Childs there to go to Blair. There's two big coats mm-hmm. on the hooks. That POV shot that you talked about that John Carpenter does. It's always so freaky. That's, yeah, shows that same spot. One of the coats is gone. Interesting. Assuming it's Interesting. on purpose because I mean things like that. Do but make Childs already noise, had a but... big coat on, so it shredded his clothes, took him over, and took another coat is the implication there. There you go. Okay. There's also the implication that the bottle McCready hands to him was actually a Molotov cocktail. I've, I And I have I read th- that. I thought one. about yeah. that. I thought yeah. about it being like a poison, but yeah. Yeah, because he drank yeah. it, and he wouldn't know the difference being an alien. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why... Uh, McCready kind of laughs because they did use Molotov cocktails to blow up the mm-hmm. base, and, and he, and had, he had him like strapped it. to himself, like exactly, yeah, around like a like a belt or something. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I wondered that in the scene, I'm like, okay, where did he just get a beer? I don't know, yeah, <laughs> or so, uh, liquor, you know, right? Like, where so, did that just well, he's a staunch from? alcoholic the whole entire movie, so there is that. So yeah, but he didn't the, have it on him. We always see him getting it out of a fridge or yeah. something like that. You know, no, no, no. He had the <laughs> Molotov cocktails on him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but, yeah. But if you're going to blow up the base, you're not going to be like, all right, I'm going to take this bottle of whiskey with me to celebrate at the end of this. Yeah. So, so before we officially wrap this up. I think it's Charles, too. Okay. All right, good. I think it's most obvious. The most obvious. Yeah. But they, they do leave enough wiggle room, like exactly. Nick said, that they can come in and say, oh, it was actually McCready. Because the video game, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you. The video <laughs> game says it was McCready. Okay. That was the monster. That was the thing? That was the thing. Really? Because it's a sequel, the team, the team gets there in the spring, they find Childs frozen to death, they don't find McCready, 
and you go through the entire game fighting, you know, monsters. And at the very end, when you leave, you get on a helicopter, and, and the pilot is McCready. Oh, wow. Wow. But, you know, not canon. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, most, most games aren't. And I'm sure that's seen as a swerve because I, I would say the vast majority of people would say Childs. Yeah. The thing. yeah. So, it, like, like we said, it's the most obvious. Yeah. Unless you, unless you, who, no, uh, make sure you get your piece. Um, so real quick, couple of things that we did kind of laugh about. We laughed about the chess machine because they've had this computer <laughs> yeah. that is completely nothing but just, just a chess machine and, yeah. and it talks. It says it on the yeah. like chess, chess wizard. Machine. Chess wizard. Yeah. yeah chess wizard. Like this yeah. old DOS computer. <laughs> and I don't think computers of that, that era talked back, you know, knight, rook, king, two, Space, space, question mark. I know, it beats him and he pours liquor in it. <laughs> I'll show you. Because the whole time he's talking smack, like, yeah, you, you, you about to run out, of, run out of options. I've got you this time. And then all of a sudden it just checkmate. And see, I guess it's kind of a little foreshadowing because his whole chess game he plays with the thing. Right, right. And then he ends up just blowing it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When all else fails. When all else fails. Hey, he did it to the board games. Why not? Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out was uh, whenever they were running the simulation on the computer, uh, A, for 1982 computer graphics, those were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, especially when you find in Antarctica. <laughs> A little like asteroids. And, and two, um, the, the concept of DNA, I don't know. I know they didn't necessarily say DNA, but there's a lot of DNA type stuff that we in 2021 can kind of bring up mm. like i wonder how new that whole concept was of using dna know. and all watson that. and crick they i think they broke they pretty much published their findings on dna and the structure of dna in the mid 50s oh, okay yeah, it mid mid to late fifties, I think is when. Because I can see a lot of people going, "Nah, that's just witch talk." I mean, well, all my knowledge of DNA comes from Jurassic Park. <laughs> the mosquito for what? Yeah, yeah the Mister DNA. Yeah, yeah, for me, what? yeah. For what though? Dinosaurs. Thank you, dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, and the last thing uh, <laughs> oh, we gosh. we all pointed out that Kurt Russell's character was drinking Budweiser at the beginning of the movie. Well, you used to smash open the uh, fire alarm. Right. And then uh, about halfway through the movie, he had a, a Coors banquet, a, a yellow jacket, as they call it. Um, so how is it that you can't get Coors <laughs> beer in Georgia, but you can get that crap in Antarctica? That's Somebody just how behind that. the South is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. By the way, I love it. Uh, little foreshadowing of how things were going to go. The fact that he pulled the fire alarm. No. Yeah. A bit, but. How I, ironic. I thought that too, because, you know, I asked the question. Why, who, Dramatic irony. Who de who determines to get the flamethrower? Because like, he right? did. Yeah. They did say, Mac wants the flamethrower. And, the, and uh, Charles it? came in with it. Yeah. And he was like, why? To he was the like, he did what he asked for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, <clears throat> uh, quick little. Um. Side fact, you know, if you go back and you watch Halloween, the first Halloween, 78 Halloween, what movie is Laurie Strode watching with the kid that the kids that she's babysitting? Oh, tell me it was the was the nineteen fifty four version of the thing. The thing from another world. Yep. It's what they're watching. Nice. Uh, so, you know uh, um 
John Carpenter was approached about directing this movie, but the studios didn't like him because he was an independent director and he hadn't ha- handled a big budget production yet. So they passed and they tried to get all these other directors and all these other directors. It went through production mayhem for a while and then they finally ended up back with John Carpenter after Halloween came out and proved to be a success. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You said this movie had a $15 million budget? Yes. Which is laughable in 2021. Yes. But you said a million dollars of it was... $1.5 million. So a million and a half dollars. Went to creature effects. And just the special effects with the creatures and I guess there's Just creature effects. Not We're not talking pyrotechnics. Right. We're not talking human... We're talking just creature effects. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here that some of those creature effects had to be animal... Uh, animatronic. Uh, rubber... Yeah, they were practical robots. Yeah, (laughs) animatronics. What do you want to call it? Puppeteer. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're practical. Puppeteer. The dude's head ripping off was really good. And then crawling away. Yeah. That was. That was. It grew spider legs and just crawled away. Used what it needed. It was. It was really, really, really well done. Here's the thing: why Antarctica is a great setting for this. Because there's, and again, this is what kind of brought me back to this. They're trying to prove the existence of life in Antarctica, Mm -hmm. like actual life within you know the the frozen tundra parts or whatnot but can you imagine what that what the thing could have actually became if it had assimilated with something else like a spot i mean it made me think a spider like oh heck it, it's it found a spider underneath his desk and that's where it kind of learned about this kind of thing but can you imagine a fly a mosquito like how a snake right yeah yeah if it if it is I mean we know it can with dogs but but isn't humans, it interesting but. that most of the assimilating that was done throughout the film was was were human beings and what that like the message that that is are we who we really think we are are oh. you who I think you are or are you something completely different that you're trying to hide well are you you know you think you Exactly. Like the the message there is so subliminal and so subtle, but it's so powerful. And what's scarier than not really knowing who you are or not really knowing who somebody else is that you think you know who they are? Oh, yeah. And I thought that they did a really good job of that when they were doing the blood test of everybody's reaction and you can see it you on the see, face like yeah. you can see it like even even Charles is, you know, like, OK, yeah, let's go know. ahead and get it over with. Yeah. He had no idea. And then he was just sitting there and just like you could see him hold like physically hold his breath. See that kind of that kind of subtlety is, is what makes movies so good. And, yes. and a lot of movies now just want to beat you over the head with with stuff way too overt. Right. I, I miss subterfuge. Well, they don't like want that. you to think. They they want yeah. you to go there and be entertained and not have to think. And well, it's almost an insult because they're assuming is. that that we're stupid. It is. They're mm-hmm. assuming that we're not going to be able to get. It. And guess what? We might not get it on the first go around, and that's okay because we're if if I. When the first time I watched Tenet, I said, okay, hold on. Hold on. And y'all have talked about this. I said, hold on, I got to watch that again. And I went back and watched it again, and I went, oh, gosh. And it, and it was, it's, and, and if you really think about it, how awesome is it that I get to enjoy a movie like I'm watching it for the first time twice? Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. A lot well, of people are angered by that, but. That's how I look at it. It's like I'm I'm ha- I'm wa- I'm having to watch it twice so that I can enjoy it once. 
that sounds bad, but right. I mean it well. But but see, we've yeah. talked about it before here, exactly. especially on the podcast, where you know, what game do you wish you could go back and and revisit for the first time ever? What right. it made you feel that very first time? Yeah, but and you'll is, never get it back after the first uh, time. But with movies, especially ones that make you think, especially ones that make you think in different aspects, yeah. like you could think positive or negative, or you know, protagonist or antagonist or whatever, you know. Those are my kind of favorite movies because you can actually enjoy it yeah. too, maybe well, like, even three. Well, like times. you said with Tenet, it's like watching it the first time again, even though you've already watched it. Yeah, I love Tenet. That was that was a great. I liked it much. I liked it a lot the second time when I fully, I'm not even going to say fully comprehended, but when I fully understood what the story was doing. Yeah, you know, I still don't really comprehend, like, some of the some of the mechanisms of the story, but, and some of the things that happened in it, like how, how, how we could explain it. Like Clint and I tried to explain right. the main time travel mechanism of the film. And we really couldn't, but we understood it nonetheless. But enough, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, yeah, exactly. I enjoyed it the second go around. Well, and like I said, uh, to me, interstellar was like that. I had to watch no it the second time. Yeah, movies like that are all about the and journey. And Inception really is, um, you know, you're talking about things that are happening within an unconscious dream world and yeah. then it becomes a dream within a dream. Yeah, Inception um, is fantastic. And, yeah. and I think that's why, you know, and, and don't don't think that I think this way, but I guess that's why I've always enjoyed Lost so much because it really does make you think and you you miss things Well, it, the it, first go around. It's about the journey, right. so, and not so much about the end. Some people right. want to get straight to the end right. and get to the point. But I, I like movies that build you to it so that the payoff is worth more. Uh, like Dune just came out. Yeah, I, love I can't it, which, wait to see that. Which I'm I'm biased because I've I've read the books. I've Dune's been a part of my life for decades, literally. You're so old. Yeah. Well, and I said I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm going to say this about Dune because I've also watched the entire film. I want to go back and watch it again, but I've not read the book, and I'm I'm not loyal to the to the franchise i'm loyal to the director mm -hmm. i'm a huge denny villeneuve fan but the story that i saw in that movie that as of the recording of this episode is on hbo max and is in movie theaters was was awesome like it's one of those that makes you say and that makes you realize this is these are the kinds of stories that movies were meant to tell Right. These kinds of stories with these kinds of actors, this kind of director, this kind of uh, cinematography and editing. This is what going to the movies is all about. And that, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting chills just thinking about it. And and it's a it's awesome. Great story. And that's why you're our movie buff. So anytime we review movies, we're, you're usually our yeah. first phone call. Yeah, I love I love it, man. I love it. So, um, very good movie. I do recommend, it, especially right now in the holiday or the holiday, the Halloween season. Um, continuing on with the rest of Halloween, uh, Hammy. We'll have some other stuff. <laughs> I, love I love it. Look, look, I, I after, after, yeah, let's yeah. not plan. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> let's cause not you know, the best laid plans, right? Yeah. You know, I may have to get, get out of bed again sometime and turn my other ankle. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think that's going to uh, wrap up this the episode. Of this, uh, this is going to wrap up this episode of the Hammond Span Retro Review. Um, 
Am I missing anything? No. Happy birthday again. Thank Absolutely. You. Happy birthday, good sir. Gracias. So, Caitlin, you got anything? Good. Uh, so, we're. <laughs> I don't want to give you the mic. Uh, ow! <laughs> she punches me. Um, so, we are going to get out of here for this episode and check us out. Check next it out. Time. Check it out next time on the Hammond Spam Retro Review.